Hey guys, today I want to introduce you to my friend Andrew. And I was going to have Andrew on the show, but him and I had already collaborated so much via text messages that I didn't really want to waste his time. And I basically have an entire interview from him already written out based on a discussion that we have had. So I'm going to write up a Q&A with Andrew and post it on my blog. So please, when you're done listening to this, go on over to my blog and read the Q&A with Andrew. This podcast is really made just as an introduction to that Q&A. You can find my blog at limebook.com slash Brian, limebook.com forward slash Brian. So that's L-Y-M-E-B-O-O-K dot com forward slash Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N. So let me give you a little bit of an introduction to this uh, Q&A with Andrew. I have really been fascinated by watching experienced mold avoiders take the next step So in other words, we kind of already know now, Eric has proven and thousands of experiences have validated that when somebody has mold toxicity, going to the desert, going to pristine locations, camping, getting clear, that's kind of the first step to healing from mold illness. Some people do it in hotels, some people do it camping, some people do it in RVs. That's basically the topic of my whole podcast, so I'm not going to go into that right now. The next step after that is kind of hard, though, and a little bit ambiguous. People don't want to camp forever, obviously. So how do you go about getting back into society? Well, Andrew has achieved that right now, and he did want me to tell you that it is still sort of early in the game of him being back. So this is not intended to be some sort of a guarantee or certification that he's going to be back in civilization forever. It's kind of a work in progress, as he said. But I have been very intrigued by Andrew's progress and process of doing this. And I've studied this stuff long enough to know which cases sort of merit my attention and investigation. And there are a few cases that I've been very intrigued by and I have become a student of Uh, Andrew is one of them, even though he only did extreme avoidance for eight months and I've been doing it for three years, I still consider him a teacher in a lot of ways because he has executed on the return back to civilization in a very methodical, intelligent, and fascinating way that I have wanted to learn more about. And so that's usually what I make podcast episodes about, things that I am interested in and want to learn more about. So let's dig in a little bit into Andrew's story. Of course, when you go read the Q&A, you will get all the details, but I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction here. I started to write out the introduction and realized that I didn't really feel like writing and editing pages and pages of text, so I decided that I would make it into a podcast. So Andrew was only super sick for three and a half years, and he's also a little bit younger than me. So that could explain why he's had an easier time integrating back into society than a lot of other mold avoiders. Before he got really sick, he still had problems for the last couple decades and 
got a lot of colds and flus and always felt a little bit like he had some kind of brain issues and whatnot. So it's possible that he's had some of these issues since birth. And we already know that uh, genetics can play a large role in this. But but a couple of the things that fascinate me about Andrew's case and what we're going to talk about in the Q&A is even though he discovered that mold was his issue before he did extreme mold avoidance, and I'll give you a little bit of a, a background of what he did. So he discovered that Mold was his issue before he did extreme mold avoidance, and he even took some extreme steps like living in his car in Colorado when it was 14 degrees outside, like quitting his job in a moldy building, like stopping spending time in moldy places. He took all of these steps. He did supplements. He did treatments. He did binders. He did a lot of stuff, kind of like what the mold doctors tell people to do, but he was never able to get over the hump. He did make a lot of progress before his extreme mold avoidance, but he was never really able to get over the hump until he got so desperate and motivated because his health just wasn't improving and he wasn't healthy enough to function that he in absolute desperation decided to give extreme mold avoidance a try. And this was very hard for him because he had to leave friends loved ones, community behind. We all know how bad that feels. So he proceeded to do eight months of very extreme mold avoidance, meaning that he was living in a tent in the desert, literally away from his family, away from his city, away from his girlfriend, living in a tent in the desert, detoxing. And he went through exactly what we would expect and what Eric has described that people go through when they do this. He went through intensification. He went through the phase where people are reacting to everything, their tent. He went through heavy detox where taking frequent showers out in the desert at hot springs and campground showers were super important to him. He went through it all. So he followed the course of what we would expect very closely. And that's one of the reasons that I'm intrigued by him because he matches up with what we would expect to happen. And we have enough data now that we kind of know how this goes. Even though he was later able to go back into civilization and even salvage some of his old belongings from his past moldy life, he still never could reintroduce the clothing that he had worn in the desert when he was doing his extreme mold avoidance, they were too toxic from his dumping, from his sweat, from his detox. So when he went back, he had to get rid of those clothing. So he did a lot of detox in the desert during those eight months of extreme mold avoidance. Eventually, after eight months, he decided that he wanted to go back to his hometown where he had been very sick before, but where his family and his girlfriend and his belonging was. He had some dental work that he had to get done there, and he wanted to see his family and see how things went. So this is where things start to get really fascinating to me, because we already have a lot of stories of people who go to the desert or go to pristine locations, and they heal and they detox. That's kind of what we talk about on my podcast all the time. That's sort of 
the basics, if you will. That's kind of covered everywhere. <clears throat> but this is where I start to get really fascinated with Andrew's journey because he took steps to get back into civilization. And so far, he's been there for several months now, and he's doing very well. And he reports that his body is able to continue to be in a detox and healing state, even back in civilization, living in a normal house. So there are a lot of things that fascinate me about this. Um, that's where I'm going to turn this over to the written uh, Q&A that I have put together um, with Andrew. I'll just give you a couple of the highlights, but please don't skip the written Q&A because me and Andrew had an absolutely amazing conversation where I asked him a lot of questions and he gave these really detailed answers. So this is, you know, not a substitute for that. But a couple of th the things that really fascinate me are that now that he's back in civilization, he is still practicing mold avoidance to remain high on the power curve. He's not doing extreme mold avoidance anymore, but he is carefully employing uh, Eric's principles to stay well. Uh, a couple of those things include sleeping in a room in his house that he keeps very, very clean and clear and that he decontaminates often. He doesn't bring anything into this room. The only thing he has in there is his cot and his sleeping bag. And he only enters the room after he has showered and put on new clothing. And this is really a workable, um, promising idea to me because that's exactly what Eric has taught, that if you can keep your sleeping place clear and detox in your sleep, then you can keep the healing process moving forward, even if you have exposures throughout the day. He also finds that after doing eight months of extreme mold avoidance in a tent in the desert, literally, that he is much more aware of mold toxins in his environment, particularly in the outdoor environment in his hometown. These are outdoor super toxins that are described in a lot of our podcasts and books and literature. So the process of going to the desert and detoxing for eight months actually made him more, not less sensitive and aware of mold toxins. But if you listen to my other podcast about reactivity versus sensitivity, those are kind of two key words, you'll find that this is very typical of recovery. That people who recover and go on to regain their health and even regain a high degree of tolerance for being around mold without getting sick and without relapsing, they have this sort of heightened sense of what's around them and heightened awareness of the mold toxins. They go hand in hand that a heightened awareness comes with recovery. So that's another way that Andrew falls into the pattern of what we would expect to see. Okay, so without further ado, I am going to send you now to read the written Q&A that I have with Andrew. I hope it is inspiring and encouraging to you. And if you would like to leave a comment on the blog post, um, Andrew said that he would answer those and look into those as he has time. Of course, he's busy now back living his life, but that's where the rest of this story is going to appear. Once again, it is on my blog, Limebook, 
dot com slash Brian, L-Y-M-E-B-O-O-K dot com slash Brian with a Y. And that is my mold avoidance blog. You might have to look at the side menu of the blog to find the post with Andrew's interview. Just look for a recent blog article with Andrew's name in it. So thanks again for listening, guys. And I want to thank Andrew for sharing his story with us. It's very encouraging. Um, and it's also extremely informative. And in my opinion, based on what I know of mold avoidance, very instructive and accurate in terms of how to get clear, get detoxed using Eric's principles of going to the desert, learn mold avoidance skills, and then employ decontamination techniques to stay high on the power curve in civilization. I do want to mention one last thing, and that is that there is a healthcare practitioner who greatly helped Andrew to reintegrate into society. This practitioner helped him in a number of ways. He provided some supportive therapies and techniques for recovering from uh, mold hits. He provided decontamination techniques and methodologies for recovering from mold hits in terms of clothing and possessions and bedding, decontaminating his bedroom, staying high on the power curve, and also some techniques and strategies for identifying buildings and housing in civilization that would be clear enough to live in conventional housing. And Andrew credits this healthcare practitioner with a lot of his progress. So I'm sure you'll be able to ask Andrew more questions about that. So I will see you guys over on the blog, and I hope that the Q&A that I put together is helpful and inspiring to you. Just a little disclaimer here, as usual, myself and in this case, Andrew, we are not healthcare practitioners, so the information in this podcast and on the blog post is for informational and educational purposes only.